Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on February the 4th, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, croaking, croupy coffee. The caffeine, the rage. On today's show, we will both be discussing the games that we've played the last couple of weeks. Warcraft 3 Reforged has a record low 0.8 score on Metacritic as fans are furious. Actually, it's down to 0.5 now. Every Flash game disappears forever in 2020, but this project has preserved 38,000 of them. And Kentucky schools banned Fortnite esports. Quote, there's no place for shooter games in our schools, end quote. (laughs) Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. I want to apologize right at the tippy top of the show. This is going to be the most good enough episode that we've probably ever done. We're both pretty rough, but we are not recording next week. So we were both sort of well enough to put together what we think is going to be a short episode. But we've already recorded half an hour of Franken content before we even started. So, you know, who knows? I'm taking the day off work tomorrow per my doctor's orders. Yes, sir. Well, they're doing apartment inspections tomorrow to check on maintenance stuff. So I have to be up in the morning. So, yeah, hopefully no, nothing wakes me up early in the morning, but I have an energetic five-year-old. So, you know, my hopes are probably going to be dashed all over the floor. Yo, a bodecker and a budgie cord would fix that. (laughs) But once he's gone to school, I can just go back to bed. Yeah, but it'd be kind of tough to get him there with the boat anchor. So maybe that's a bad idea. Probably. I don't have a truck, so don't think either of our cars could drag it behind it. And even if it could, we would tear up the the road and we'd get in big trouble. Well, if you were in West Virginia, you'd probably do a couple billion dollars of improvement to the roads. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to laugh because laughing both hurts just a little bit and also makes me want to cough. I want to do minimal editing to this show like even more minimal this is going to be sick and lazy editing unless i wake up tomorrow and i'm miraculously secured uh, i was going to say what a, a normal episode then <laughs> i don't believe in jesus or miracles though so that's probably not going to happen except well, when i sing the song well, maybe i maybe i could get my neighbor to pray over you or something you know that would be good my mom posted on facebook today that she was praying for me because I was sick. How about getting you some damn soup, you know? That would be nice. Some soup or some medicine. A hug. A blanket. No, just uh, clap your hands together and say janks, right? Just leaving me alone. She's texted me like 50 times. Are you okay? Are you no. fine? No. I'm dying. I'm literally dying, Mom. I didn't Have you found that. Jeebus yet? Nah. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him. Thankfully, she gave up asking me about that a long time ago. I thought she was going to at Christmas when she asked me to come to the New Year's church. Or not New Year's, the Christmas Eve church service. But she didn't. She just wanted me to go. And I did. I love and respect my mother. 
most of the time. Until uh, you find out about the new addition to the shrine. Because that's their new Jeebus. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm doing some Hail Marys over here. The great orange savior. Speaking of Hail Marys, Super Bowl was this weekend. Neither of us watched it. Even if I hadn't been sick, I wouldn't have watched it. Because if I hadn't been sick, I would have went to D&D night. Well, I just didn't care. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a football fan anyway. And the fact that most of the talk I heard was about what commercial uh, won the Super Bowl, I'm just thinking, are you fucking idiots? You're talking about advertising winning a championship game of a sports league. All oh, hail capitalism. One. Yeah. Praise him. Yeah, my uh, Facebook feed uh, talked about uh, Baby Peanut versus Baby Yoda. I saw Baby Peanut creepy, on Twitter. Huh? It was really creepy. I'm like, this is weird. I I ha- I've never cared about sports. Um, I did at one point watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, but several years ago, I just was like, one, why am I doing this? Why two? If there really is something so amazing that I need to have in sort of my general pop culture lexicon i can watch it on youtube well that would be left shark right left shark uh from a few oh, years from, ago yeah from the halftime show a few years ago yeah speaking of halftime shows yeah i quite enjoyed the halftime show i wound up watching that last night while you and i were just kind of somewhat chatting but also sitting there dying together on yeah. discord big uh, big controversy about the halftime show from uh, yeah it's yeah it's kind of funny the people that are uh, you know voted in a racist homophobic uh, sexist uh, piece of shit are triggered by two women of color showing a little bit of skin huh right yeah and other stuff too the whole kids in cages and the Puerto Rican flag and singing Born in the USA, a bunch of inflammatory uh, stuff. Yeah. Which, two thumbs up, more power to them. Well, although I, h- I how about f- this? How about we don't put kids in cages? Crazy idea, right? Yeah, I know. Crazy idea. Crazy enough, it just might work. Meanwhile, I have a train inbound. Choo choo. Because, because we need more random sounds. Choo choo. Fuck you, I'm a train. Choo-choo. So. Um, yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, which, uh, was... They're saying that uh, there's uh, political statements don't have any place to end uh, the Super Bowl. Um, gave Trump two ad spots. In a, you know, a, what was it? Seven to eight minute t- uh, interview. Right. No politics, right? Um, the only thing that I felt sad about the Super Bowl was when I realized how old J-Lo and Shakira are. Shakira's 43 and J-Lo is 50, and they have accomplished... They're more physically fit than I have ever been. Well, see, they also have money. They do have money. They do have that. I mean, they worked hard for their money. 
she, I'm not, are, I'm are, not are denying saying, him that. Are, are you saying she works hard for the money? <laughs> she works hard for the money. Yo, that actually sounds worse she, than usual. Actually, it sounds better. It's, wow. I think, I think your voice has gotten so fucked, it's actually gone to, uh, past the point of uh, terrible to actually improving. Damn. Well, that's something. Which you, we should just end the show now. I'll never get any better than that. It never. It will never get better than that. Hit him with the social strength. Oh. <laughs> well, I've been caffeine drink. <laughs> no. no, we should probably do the show. We should. We should. All right, for everyone uh, who. Nope. What? Well, I was going. To, I was going to say, for everyone that stuck around with us for this long, we're yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> for everyone we're, who's. We're both uh, drugged all to hell. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, over-the-counter stuff. Well, at least me. Oh, I've got prescribed stuff. stuff and over-the-counter stuff. I'm just sleepy when I'm, when I'm sick anyway. No Xanax, though, I asked. Where, where, where? But uh, uh, why did they turn down Xanax? Uh, was it to make meth or something? Uh, Xanax is a class two controlled substance. Oh, see, I don't know that these days. Oh, yeah. I know all about those things. We have people. I didn't. I, I I jokingly asked for Xanax with my doctor, whom I have a good rapport with. I would never actually go to, like seriously, like trying to get drugs like that from a doctor. I'm very fortunate that one of the things I don't suffer from is major anxiety. Physical problems, got it. Depression, got it. Genetic issues, got them. Anxiety, I'm good. Put an X in that category, please. No, thank you. Okay, let's what else, let's do the show. Yeah, that that might be a good idea. So, uh, games we played. Yeah, games we played. So, I got a tablet uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've been toying around with some games on there, and that's most of, actually all of what I've uh, played the last couple of weeks. Plus, uh, you know, liberating the fuck out of things still in just calls because yeah, that's a fun mindless game and. Now that I've figured out my uh, issue with that background process, uh, it runs a hell of a lot better. Who would have thought, right? I know. Cards don't handle like shit, but eh. So how about some falling light blocks? This is something we both played whenever I pointed out to you and you thought, ooh, right? Yeah. So this is Tetris, essentially. Ad-free, free, uh, 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 completely free game. I mean, uh, is there anything that really needs to be said beyond that? I don't think so. I mean, it's good. It, it is, if you've never played Tetris on a touchscreen before, it's a little weird to get used to. But once you get used to it, it's fine. Plays yeah, great. It took me, yeah, it took me a Literally little while to Tetris. get used to it. Well, there is a bit more. There is a challenge mode. There is uh, different modes that you can play. There is a high score attack. There's a daily thing. Uh, but it also... Uh, teaching you some of the advanced techniques like T-spanning to be able to uh, get blocks into places that you normally couldn't. Yeah. Uh, through the challenge mode. Uh, teaches you how to rack up uh, a lot of points. As a matter of fact, it feels like the challenge mode is kind of a, a tutorial for higher level Tetris play. <coughs> a lot of modern Tetris games or more modern Tetris games have these sorts of modes in them too. Well, see, I've, I've avoided most of them because uh, most of the Tetris games has been uh, out by EA, and EA is absolute shit on mobile. I honestly don't know which of the Tetris games I have played, like, 
I mean, you know, you think like, oh, it's just Tetris, but they keep trying to reinvent the wheel on that one. Um, I know I didn't play Tetris 99, which was like the weird Battle Royale. Everyone seemed to love Battle Royale Tetris. But there was like, a, it was like Tetris All-Stars or Tetris Stars or something like that that came out a few years ago that had like a bunch of challenge modes. And I mean, let's put it this way. If you search, if you search Tetris on uh, Google Play, you get so many Tetris clones. And then yeah. some weird ones like Bejeweled. I like Bejeweled. Why is there silence? Uh, I played it for a bit, but it just didn't scratch that itch. I don't know. I don't really care enough to research this. But there was a, a Tetris game that came out maybe two or three years ago um, that had like a, a bunch of challenge modes and it had like a rhythm music mode and like the music would change and that would change the tempo of how quick the Tetris blocks fell and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it, it, they just like tried to add stuff to the core Tetris. And it, Falling Lightbox feels like, you know, good core Tetris with some of the better, you know, the challenge mode and the high, the, you know, the high score attack mode and things like that. Like the yeah, marathon mode. mode, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it has some extras. It has some thrills, but it doesn't have, it's not so bloated that it feels like it's not Tetris anymore. Yeah. And the fact that you can also skin it to uh, look like a, you know, old school Tetris or however you want it to look. I just keep the default on because it's good enough. Yeah. But Tetris, two thumbs up. Good oh, stuff. Fall, falling light blocks. Well, yeah, falling light box. Falling light Tetris block things. Well, it is a pretty light uh, version of Tetris. It is. It is indeed. So I'll take one, then you take one. Sure, sounds good. So, uh, as part of my, you know, touring on with uh, uh, the tablet, I've been playing some games that uh, wouldn't handle very well on the mobile, uh, but needed a slightly bigger screen. And one of them I found was Pin Out. This is essentially Endless Runner or a platformer. I'm, I'm not sure how I'd categorize this because technically it's not an Endless Runner because it's not procedurally generated. But it's not quite a platformer either because you're playing a pinball machine. And the whole idea is uh, you're trying to get as far as possible with the time remaining. And there's various things that you do to earn extra time. There's a little, uh, there's a little extra uh, bits of light that you could collect to add a second to the clock. You start with 60 seconds and everyone adds a second. Uh, there's various power-ups that you can, can obtain. There's uh, little mini-games, uh, very pinball-esque mini-games, you know, like uh, drive-through traffic uh, or a asteroid uh, knockoff where you're using the the flippers to control a ship, uh, a ship's rotation to shoot asteroids for as long as possible. And it's a pretty solid little platformer. I ended up actually buying it because uh, the big thing is uh, in order to start at a checkpoint, which is every 2,000, I think, uh, feet or inches or whatever, uh, you have to have the uh, the full version of the game. There's no ads on it otherwise, as far as I can tell, at least. But if you have the full version, then you can go back to the previous levels and try to improve your time. And as you do that more and more, uh, you start the next checkpoint with more time to try to snowball it to get further and further. 
So in that, it's uh, like a precision platformer almost, where uh, you're trying to hit uh, all the uh, ramps that have extra time as quickly as possible while getting to the end and not trying to fuck up. You know, just like a precision platformer, huh? Yeah. But very good graphics, uh, very good sound effects, uh, pretty good music, even though admittedly I turn it off most of the time. Handles really well on my Kindle, actually. I uh, installed the Google Play Store, so I have access to Google and Amazon stuff, which is where most of this is coming from, actually, even though Falling Light Blocks is on Amazon as well. Uh, but pretty much, uh, I-, I would say it's worth the couple bucks in order to uh, uh, buy in. Uh, the free version is essentially just a demo. It's three bucks, and it's a good little time waster of uh, just... Fire it up and play it for a bit to uh, see if you can improve your uh, uh, your time for the next checkpoint, or just continue on to the from the furthest checkpoint and see what lies in st- lies ahead. Because the game get, starts to get devious quickly. A lot of moving uh, targets. A lot of sorry about that. Oh, you're gonna have so much editing on me, huh? Yay! Oh, a lot of uh, closing gates, that sort of thing. So yeah. Uh, very interesting little game. Uh, my turn? Yeah. All right. The first one yeah, on my list. Yeah, you'll be able to beat me this. Yeah. The first one that I have on my list that isn't us having a shared one is Totally Accurate Battle Simulator, which you mentioned, I think, on the last episode where we did a game we played. Yeah. So um, I installed it off of Game Pass after you talked about it, and I thought, oh, this would be, you know, fun to play for a little bit, get some laughs out of it. But I've actually sat and mostly played it with my kid. Um, it's it's great for that. Um, we'll just go to the the sandbox or whatever it is mode and be like, all right, who do you want to fight the pirates or the skeletons today, kid? And, you know, I want to fight, you know, pirates versus ninjas or pirates versus skeletons or pirates versus, you know, cavemen or whatever. And so we'll set up the fights and watch them. We've done the challenge mode, too. I kind of like the challenge mode. It feels much more like puzzle solving than anything. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, but there are sometimes multiple solutions that work. It's not like, I mean, it, for some, there might be only one way to really win. But with the combination of, you know, you can sometimes use certain things to your advantage. Like, you know, you play it one time and you see, like, where all the enemies spawn from, if you missed something, like if they're hiding or something like that. I could use like the bomb thrower guys or the shotgun guys from the pirates or use the snake archers from the Asian collection or, you know, something like that to kind of, you know, work your way around a a problem or if it's like a big open field work to divide them and, you know, or you could do the uh, actually controlling a unit. That way you could be more effective than the computer doing it itself but I, I try not to take control of them for me i just enjoy sort of watching what happens but i mean i don't i don't really have much different to to add i think i'll probably go back and beat the challenge mode um because i enjoyed that but the the free play mode is just to be like all right kid what uh what toys do you want to set up today who do you want to fight the pirates and he he always wants to be the pirates and then he usually wants them to fight skeletons, but the pirates can fight other people too. But it's usually pirates versus skeletons. 
indeed. So yeah, totally accurate battle simulator. Fun for a little bit. I don't think I would have bought it. I totally agree with your sentiment of this is a, a game that's great through Game Pass to just try out, you know, and play for a little bit. So something else I was toying around with on the tablet was I thought, can I get an emulator on this? Let me play some retro stuff because let's be honest, trying to find a decent mobile game is like swimming in sewage for a diamond, right? Yes. Sometimes you find something sparkly, but usually you end up with a handful of shit. So I did some poking around and I found RetroArch which is the operating system for the Raspberry Pi on uh, Google Play, completely free, and actually really easy to set up. So I ended up just seeing, okay, what can I run on the tablet? Because I threw uh, the DS at it, and it was a little too sluggish. It was running at like 66% speed, and I probably could have just frame-limited it and been done at it, but... Uh, it wasn't doing all that well anyway because the dual screens it uh, made it so that the touch controls was finicky at best. So I went back to the GBA and started playing Pokemon's Sapphire because uh, Anita really likes her Pokemon. So I thought, you know, I'll give it a try. I, uh, the third generation's a good place to start because that the last place I uh, played was the second gen. And I have a few advantages where... Uh, since I'm playing on emulator, I can set everything and fast forward and uh, start grinding out like crazy. Just uh, essentially just set up where I'm just tapping A every so often. <laughs> you know, like you do, right? Oh, yeah. As one does. Uh, it, it's actually been uh, handling fairly well. It is a bit of a resource hog. I'm not sure if I'd play it very long on just to solely the battery instead of being plugged in. Because, you know, it is it is running the uh, the tablet fairly hot. Uh, but I've uh, been installing a bunch of different stuff on it. Uh, I have uh, uh, Zelda the Minish Cap. I've toyed around with a few other things. I have hit some incompatibility issues. Like, I grabbed a WarriorWare game and I didn't realize that, ooh, this one has a tilt sensor in it, so I won't be able to play it because uh, the Kindle doesn't have a tilt sensor because, you know, it's a pretty stripped-down uh, tablet. So, yeah, that that was a no-go. But overall, it's actually handled fairly well. It's pretty easy to set up. Uh, it uh, makes me think that on uh, the phone, it would have been a uh, pretty, well, uh, pretty uh, good option as well for uh, maybe some of the Nintendo 64 stuff and maybe some early PlayStation 1 stuff. But overall, I mean, it's, yeah, it's RetroArc, so, you yeah. know, uh, for those who haven't messed around with it, it's a very powerful uh, emulator uh, architecture. It's kind of a Swiss Army knife effect where you download different emulator plugins, essentially, and just uh, associate it with a file type. And it's all just, you know, a singular uh, menu system. Uh, very worthwhile checking out uh, if you're into retro gaming and want a break from all the shit that's on the bubble marketplace. Mm-hmm. Nice. My turn again? Yeah. All right. I played a mobile game, The Quarry. You mentioned this to me two or three weeks ago. It was like a dollar on the Google Play Store. Yeah. And I bought it. Um, this is a 
factory mining type of game, like sort of like somebody saw Factorio and was like, oh, hey, I'd like to try and make a mobile version of this. Um, you don't have a little guy that's running around. You just have a map that you scroll around and you you start with a small storage building and a resource cache and you can randomly generate new maps. But, you know, whenever you do that, you have to start over. But then you just build out and it's like it tells you at the beginning of the, game, of the game, hey, your objective is to gather these resources to build this item. It's like some kind of supercomputer or something. Like you're supposed to build these and uh, ship them off uh, to be collected, you know, and you're trying to maximize that as much as possible. I don't know if you can actually win. I played it for a couple of hours. There's definitely some depth to it. It's not like it's shallow. Um, the tutorial is is pretty garbage. So I've learned mostly everything through trial and error, aside from a few basics. Um, like it tells you that, and I don't know if this is like, I don't know if the developers of this, if their native language is English or not. I don't know. But the tutorial tells you for like um, mines. It's like your mine will randomly generate different resources. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense because I can place the mine over the top of a deposit of iron where the all four blocks are on iron. Why would it produce something that's not iron? But what it means is that it will select one of the four tiles at random and produce resources from those tiles underneath it. So you sort of increase your chances of getting iron if it's on, you know, two or three, and then you know, 100% chance if it's on four iron tiles. Okay, so there could be some mistranslation in that. Um, but, you know, I, I had to learn that and then learning how to, um, like certain buildings you can rotate and other ones you can't, and it doesn't make it clear which ones you can or can't until after you've placed them. And it's like, oh, whoops, I need to rotate that. Oh, I can't. So I have to demolish this. And when you demolish things, you only get half resources back. And at the beginning of the game, when you start with your very limited resource stack, you're just kind of fucked. But, I mean, you know, you, I learned a few things and started building my chains up of different materials. And of, you start out on the surface, and eventually you can dig deeper and deeper, and there's more layers to the map, and you can place more things. Um, I mean, it's it's all there, but the problem is, is that you're playing on mobile. And it's got a decent enough interface, like... If I was, say, on an airplane or a bus ride or if I had, like, a public commute instead of, like, driving to work every day, this would be great for that because you could poke away at it for 30 or 40 minutes or, you know, on sort of a plane ride or something, a few hours. And then, you know, you go about your day and then the next time you have one of those, you come back to it, especially if it's a regular part of a commute. But if I'm at home, I'm never going to play this. Because if I want to play a game like this, I'll just hop on my computer and I have a half a dozen other games that are this, but better because they're on my PC. Or if I am home, like when I'm sick and I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, I don't want to play something that I need to really concentrate on because my brain is not there. So aside from those specific scenarios, I don't know when I would ever play this game. I mean, you know, if like if you do have a lot of public uh, commuting time or you regularly travel for, I don't know, business or even like pleasure, or personal reasons, whatever, and you're sitting on planes or trains or buses or something, I think this would be a good game. Like it's, it's all there. 
there's a little bit of language barrier. I'm, I'm assuming now that it's causing some issues with um, oddities with the way things are worded or translated. But I mean, it seems like it's pretty solid. It's complex. Um, and there's a lot of, of layers to it. But outside of that specific situation, I don't know when you would ever want to play this. Because if you're into this type of game, then you're going to be playing, you know, Factorio or Minecraft or Space Engineers or Satisfactory or, you know, on and on and on and on on either your console or your PC. So, I mean, I liked it, but it's got a very specific use case that doesn't really fit my life. So there you go. So my final game is Golf Blitz. This is a golf racing game. I have this kind of odd obsession with just uh, pseudo-weird versions of golf. I don't know what it is. I I like golf games. And Golf Blitz is, like I said, a racing game where you are trying to compete to get to the end of the hole as fast as possible. It's not like like normal golf where it's the number of strokes. Uh, Even though having fewer strokes does help because there is a cooldown in between... uh, your uh your strokes but uh your speed is more important so this is a multiplayer game which i'm pretty sure is actually against uh other players uh, let's put it this way they don't play like bots at least in the beginning now maybe once you get up the ranks there'll be uh, more bots out there but the mode uh the main mode it's uh, usually three or four players, and first through third, uh, first one in the hole, uh, second and third, if there's four players, or first and second if there's only three, get so many crowns. And the first person to get to the designated number of crowns, depending on the number of players, wins the match. And there's a couple uh, caveats to this. First, everybody's playing at the same time, and also balls can collide with one another. And it's on a 2D plane. So things can get rather hectic. And it becomes a bit of a strategy game of deciding when to take your shot. But it also means that if you have good accuracy, you could uh, snipe a uh, 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 the whole right out from under someone. Or block them out completely. Uh, I've seen some people playing very aggressively. Uh, where they'll purposely try to screw up somebody else's shot. And if you time it just right, they'll end up just screwing themselves over. Mm-hmm. And there's a handful of power-ups. I have access to four right now. I'm not sure if it's dependent on the course you're playing or if it's random or what, but there's a fire shot, which is very fast shot, very uh, far, but less accurate. A sniper shot, which is very accurate, not as far, and a bit slower. A fast-forward shot, which is a uh, which moves a lot quicker, uh, which is a little bit further, a little bit faster, and a little bit more accurate. And there's a gooey shot, which will stick to other surfaces. So you can use it to set up a uh, another shot. And it works off the kind of the Clash of Clans uh, mana system. Where when the round begins, you start generating mana, and each of the power-ups have a different requirement of mana. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, But it becomes a very strategic game on 
when to take your shot, what power-ups to use, because some uh, require a lot more of the mana than others. But also, as you level up uh, both your golfer and your different power-ups, uh, they get more powerful. But in that, I'm starting to fear that it'll quickly become pay-to-win, because uh, the first few levels for the power-ups were pretty cheap, but it started to get a little ridiculous, and it's using the card system. So, once again, like Clash of Clans and such. So, it requires so many copies of, of, of a particular uh, power-up to be able to get to the next level. So, requiring 16, 32 copies of a power-up to get to the next level starts to get a little ridiculous, but there's the ability to buy the pack. So, yeah, right? Yeah. But for the opening levels, it's actually a lot of fun. It's very fast-paced. It's very... Uh, nail-bindingly intense uh, because uh, you know, you're trying to figure out the perfect time to take your shot while everybody else is lining up theirs. Uh, you don't see people lining up their shots. Uh, you just see them uh, whenever they actually take them. So if you're trying to uh, time a block, you have to try to uh, guess the amount of uh, a cooldown that they have, which is typically two and a half seconds at first, and then every level up, you get a skill point that you can invest in power, speed, or cooldown, which takes uh, for cooldown it takes point one seconds off. It's uh, pretty damn uh, fun. Like I said, at first at least, I uh, just later levels I'm a little not sure about, and plus. Uh, as you start unlocking more courses, they start to get more and more insane. The first couple are pretty mundane, but then you start getting ones that have you have to double back and avoid water hazards while using gooey surfaces to be able to get to the hole. There's some that's in, let's put it this way, after science essentially, because there's a bunch of portals that you have to navigate, that sort of thing. And it quickly becomes almost mini golf esque. Gotcha. Sorry, I was muted and coughing. That's all right. It's actually, like I said, not bad, at least at first. I'm just worried later on. But most of the packs are also cosmetic. It's just getting, which also makes getting the power up cards even more rare as well. And as you level up, it requires more and more of the cards to be able to unlock the cosmetics. So at first it was like three or four of the commons to get, uh, to unlock them. And once they're unlocked, uh, you no longer see them. Now I'm up to seven or eight for commons. And I don't think it's added any for uncommon and rare yet. Or, or rare or legendary or whatever the system they're using. Yeah. Uh, but eventually it's going to be that as well where... Instead of two legendary cards, it's going to require three. And legendary cards are, of course, very rare to see. So, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of shitty, actually. But that is strictly cosmetic. But the thing is that uh, the uh, player level, it's tied directly to the number of power-ups that you buy. And actually, actually, it is tied to the number of cosmetics that you own. Because uh, unlocking a cosmetic does grant some experience as well. And at the end of every level, you get uh, a card pack, 
uh, access to another course, and every few levels you get a new uh, power up. <coughs> so you could power level pretty quickly with enough money, but uh, it's this is also more of a skill based game, at least at first. So if you throw enough money at it, if you haven't played enough to be able to play well, you know it's not going to uh, do a lot for you. But eventually, you know, you know the whales will win. Yeah, well, I had fun with it at least at first. Well, good. I uh, don't know if I would play that one, but it was mostly just to try it out, you know. Yeah. So my fourth and final game for the week is Satisfactory, which I mentioned in passing when I was talking. Are you about saying the it's going to? Is it okay? Uh, it is Satisfactory. Um, so I've talked about Satisfactory once before. I played it right after it released into early access. I was lucky enough to snag a beta key or a review key. I don't remember how I got it. I got it for free. I didn't have to pay any money for it. Um, and in general, my thoughts on it then where I liked it, it was a very different experience to what I felt like it was closest to, which was Factorio, um, both from the perspective and also in the way that it just kind of played out. Um, in the past roughly year, because it's been 10 to 12 months since I played it, they've had a lot of updates, a uh, couple of major ones, adding more content to the game, um, and then a lot of smaller ones for like performance optimizations and fixes, which are definitely appreciated. Um, the biggest things that they, they, they have added to the game are, uh, they fixed a lot of sort of the janky stuff you had to do to actually make a factory work with this being in first person compared to Factorio's top down view. Um, you actually had to deal with the verticality element of running your factory together. And so you would have, you know, all kinds of crisscrossing, uh, conveyor belts and pads and routes and, um, things getting in the way and just all kinds of stuff. And in order to actually get vertical with your conveyor belts, you either had to sort of uh, glitch the game physics or create these really weird like spirals, essentially, of rising or lowering conveyor belts. And the game actively encourages you to be vertical. Like one of the first things they tell you is um, – in order to maximize your build efficiency, you should focus on verticality, not just expanding. Um, but that was really hard to do. So they added uh, lift conveyor lifts, which, I mean, they exist in real life, so I don't know, you know, why they wouldn't exist here. And it's, I mean, it's basically just like a, a lift, a little freight elevator. You can connect it uh, to two points. And it's got a huge amount of height that you can adjust. Um, I used three of these things to bring some resources down a mountain, like probably 400 meters uh, from top to bottom. And I just used three connected lifts at their maximum heights to get it down from the top of the mountain to the bottom. Um, so they've got a, a good deal of range. They're easy to use. They snap in place. So that's good. They added the research, or not research, the Explorer ATV, uh, which is a vehicle that is focused on exploring. It's a lot faster than the, the uh, two types of truck that exist in the game. 
and it can actually go over rough terrain more than like, you know, two inches without falling over. So um, it can't go vertical, but you can probably climb some, I don't know, 50, 60 degree sort of inclines and it's got fully independent front and rear suspension. So you can tackle like really rough obstacles and big boulders and stuff and not worry about crashing or falling over. Um, so that's handy dandy, especially because they have uh, another thing they focused on is developing the map sizes. All three maps were relatively small. They had one that you could tell that they had really focused on when they launched it in early access, but their two other maps were kind of uh, slim pickings, but they've really added to the map sizes and development. So there's a lot more resources spread around. Um, and interesting sights to see. They added an actual gun, which you can build, uh, which is useful because your tools to deal with the aliens on the planet were pretty limited. You had like a, uh, like a cattle prod thing. And then you had like a machete and then you had a rebar gun, which you converted to actually shoot like big, long rebar things. Like that's the sort of in lore thing. Like, Hmm, these aliens are more hostile than we expected, so convert this tool to fight. But now you have an actual rifle you can build. It looks really cool, too. Uh, it's very, very, like, sort of chunky, mechanical, like, World War One or Two-esque, like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the Grease Gun on the History Channel, but, it you know, in World War Two, this gun was made out of, like, I think 25 or 30 stamped, uh, machine parts, so it looks really industrial, and that's kind of what this gun reminds me of. Um, very cool. I like that. They added trains and nuclear power, which I have not gotten to those yet. Um, those are part of tier six and seven, which they also added. Um, and it's supposed to go up to tier 10 for like research and stuff that you can unlock. And then they just added a bunch of more resources you can get, like uranium for nuclear power. They added more um, metals and minerals to the game and like aluminum. Um, They added sulfur. You can make explosives now. I haven't tried that out yet, Um, but that looks like it's probably going to be pretty cool. You can actually do some uh, terrain. uh, We'll we'll say terraforming with uh, your explosives. Whereas before you couldn't do anything to the terrain, it was just there. But you can use the explosives to remove obstacles in your path, big rocks, or certain things that previously you couldn't damage. Like there's these weird alien plants that emit poison gas. And basically you just had to avoid those um, or wait until you could get the hazmat suit where the poison wouldn't hurt you. But now you can just bomb it. So that's cool. And then a bunch of other little oddities, like new alien stuff to research. Um, the, the the next major update is supposed to come out this month, so I might wind up talking about it one more time in the relatively near future, just to if they add like some really interesting stuff. But I think it's supposed to be a lot more like performance fixes, and then um, some additional cosmetic stuff. They're adding a coffee cup, which I think is cool just like a cute little thing. Like you can do like little emotes and stuff because of course you can, you know, it's a game in the 21st century. So you have to be able to emote. Um, And supposedly one of the new like props that you can emote with is your coffee cup. They've teased some other stuff too, like actual glass windows and curved building pieces and slopes. Um, 
which are nice, but I kind of like how everything has just been like big and square and chunky. Um, it feels, you know, very factory esque. Although whenever you enclose an, an area with no windows, it gets very dark all the time. And there's no lights that you can put up, so windows would be would be nice. I'll give them that. But yeah, satisfactory. It's still a great game. Um, it is only available on the Epic Store, which sucks. And uh, yeah, I'll wait for the whole release. I don't know if if or when it's supposed to come to other platforms. I'm surely it will eventually. Satisfactory on Steam. Um, so it has the community page. Was it was Satisfactory one of the games that was on the Steam store and then was pulled I off? I think so. Like I said, I'll wait for the full release. There is no announced date where it's going to come to Steam at this point, according to this uh, thread, which was last updated. December of last year. So December 2019. So there you go. I like it though. I mean, I, if, if you're someone who doesn't have an issue with the Epic store, it's, it's very, I think rare to have a unique game that kind of falls into this genre now. Um, you know, something that's not trying really hard to emulate Minecraft or space engineers. Um, Factorio did its own thing and Satisfactory has managed to be its own thing so far. Um, there's talk from the community about it becoming a lot more survival-y and I really hope it doesn't or if it does that there are plenty of options that allow you to turn that shit off because I don't, I don't want to have to eat or sleep or worry too much about monsters. Like there's aliens that you can encounter and run into but I mean, you just kill them and move on. They don't constantly, like, spawn and dog you down. As you expand your factory, the alien spawns um, retreat. um, And then even, you know, they don't have, like, high spawn rates. And there's nothing that's, like, super dangerous. At least not that I've ran into. Like, if you're paying attention, you can kill anything that you run into from pretty much moment one or get away. So I hope it doesn't become all survivally. You know, it's satisfactory. Two thumbs up from me. Big big updates in the last year, pretty good. The next big update looks all right too, based on what they've shown. So that is it for all the games we played this week. You are sounding pretty rough. Are you good to keep going? Or uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, the problem is once I start talking about drainage. Right. So our first news topic of the evening, Warcraft 3 Reforged has a record low of 0.8, which is 0.5 now, but 0.8 when this article was written. Score on Metacritic as its fans are furious. Uh, Yeah, the uh, Warcraft remaster or the Warcraft 3 remaster re-release thingy is hot garbage which shouldn't be a surprise from Blizzard at this point after the 20 or well, the last couple of years they've had really, but 2019 was a huge disaster for them on every front. So I'm not surprised that it's hot garbage, which kind of makes me sad. I was, 
I was looking forward to it in the sense of like, oh, this would be nice. It would be a good time to play Warcraft 3. I haven't played it before. Yeah, it turns out it's not a good time to play Warcraft 3 at all. Yeah, because not only is the new one hot garbage, but with the new... And I mean, this is all a big package. But with their new Terms of Service thing, that applies to old Warcraft 3 now, right? I think so. So in essence, what Warcraft 3 Reforged did was overpromise, underdeliver, and then wrap an iron fist around uh content creation from the modding community. So they overpromised on what the graphical updates were going to be and the changes to the gameplay and the changes to the UI. The UI is basically the same, some minor changes. Um they way oversold what the remaster was going to do in terms of graphics and audio oh, uh, updates. They still have uh, the cinematic update uh, uh, showing the bullshit from BlizzCon that's not in the game on their site. Yeah. So how is that legal, right? Because. Fuck you, that's why. Because of video games, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, they updated their EULA so that Anything you create in Warcraft 3 is blizzards. Basically, they're salty that they missed out on the Dota train and the League of Legends train and everything. So anything that you create is blizzards in their new terms of service. Yeah. I mean, it's just, what the fuck, right? Yeah. And what this what this does is it just makes everybody in the community not want to make anything for Warcraft 3 Reforged. I mean, there will be there will be some people who do for sure. Uh, there's some people who don't care, which which is fine. I'm not saying that to like disparage them. Like some people or, who or just may don't not care. just or may not understand the terms of service. You know, yeah they they may they may not care or they may not understand or what seems most likely to me they're younger, you know, teens, early twenties, looking for that big thing that they can have to put on a a resume or you know a, a CV depending on where you're from. Um, and so they do something and then, you know, Blizzard snatches it from them. But I mean, most people in, you know, our age brackets or older or people who just sort of pay attention to this stuff are not interested in doing anything with it. And I think that would also include a lot of the older uh, custom map makers from the original uh, Warcraft 3. Yeah. So, mm. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they weren't getting any incentives to do it before, but now you're actively punishing people for being creative. Yeah. Which, uh, what the fuck, Blizzard? And it's not only that, they also downgraded the original game. Whatever uh, Reforged released, they put out a 20 some gig update to Warcraft, essentially merging the two. So, really, Reforged is literally just a skin over uh, the original, or the original and massive sarcastic quotes Warcraft 3 now. And the thing is, when they did that, they also disabled things like shadows. Uh, There's some people talking about how they changed the levels uh, subtly, you know, uh, to toy around with the uh, difficulty curve. Especially on some of the more difficult levels, uh, removing uh, a few NPCs here and there mm-hmm. uh, to make the game a little bit easier. And that sort of thing, where they just uh, tweet things here and there when they really didn't need to. And on top of that, uh, the game runs like hot garbage. 
Uh, there are some people saying that the menu system is running in Chrome for some reason. Oh, that's interesting. Or at least the main menu, and that's why some of the menu system is uh, uh, laggy as hell. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of bullshit going on to the point where they had mass protests uh, metabombing it. I mean, it's now the lowest Metacritic game, period, uh, on user reviews. They actually boosted another game to get this to the lowest. (laughs) (coughs) Which is hilarious, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, Blizzard, they suck. Which we knew this at this point going into 2020, but just didn't, this is just another thing. So basically, if you want to play Warcraft 3, the best way to do so is to pirate the original Warcraft 3. Yeah, the last patch or the next to last patch before uh, Reforged came out because they also removed the tournament stuff and they removed the Veda Chaos rule set, which admittedly I don't know what that is, but mm. yeah, I mean, they actively remove parts. I mean, it's just... Now, this is the first time I've seen a remaster actually go back and hurt the original. But hey, yeah. leave it to Blizzard to fuck up in new and interesting ways. Yeah, because usually remasters either improve the original or at the very least become somewhat of a separate experience from the original. But they have have gone back and altered content from the original in a detrimental way. Good job, Blizzard. You did it. Yeah, there's on, some people saying that uh, that this must be like the intern team that they cut out, uh, cut staff. I mean, I mean that's uh, you know kind of harsh to their interns, isn't it? I feel like it is. Those poor interns. Yeah. Do they not uh, get their coffee? They get they get they were given decaf. Oh, hoping that the psychological effect of drinking the coffee would be enough. Do not blaspheme. <laughs> so, we will leave that there for now. Yeah, Blizzard's uh, going to come up again on this show this year, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we, BlizzCon is coming up, right? Yeah. We can talk more about their bullshit when we're not both Dying. sick. Yeah. So, we'll move on to our second news topic of the night. Every Flash game disappears forever in 2020, but this project has preserved 38,000 of them. Yeah, this is kind of a neat little thing. I mean, we knew Flash was going away uh, pretty uh, soon, and that there were some calls for a preservation project, but uh, to see it uh, such a success, uh, the Flashpoint project, uh, this preservation effort, has collected Flash games from across the internet in advance of the format's death, and has uh, distributed them in an open-source launcher. The launcher is available either as a complete 241-gigabyte archive or a standalone version that lets you download games as you play them. I mean, that's just so damn cool, huh? Yeah. I I have a lot of nostalgia for the old Flash games. I used to hang out and congregate in Newgrounds quite a bit. I don't think I have as much nostalgia for them as you do, but I played quite a few Flash games, particularly like in my typing classes in school. Because, I mean, you know, I knew how to type, so I would do the thing and I would play Flash. Yeah, I, yeah, I nearly failed my typing class because I went into it knowing how to type. Interesting. 
Uh, the the teacher graded on percentage of improvement. Ah, I went in uh, typing sixty five seventy words a minute. Well, that's a bitch. Uh, well, uh, so was she. <laughs> oh, touche. Um, but yeah, I played. I played my fair share of flash games. Um, what was the other one? Shockwave. Uh, flash yeah. And there was, I think Shockwave. I played, I think, more Shockwave games than Flash games because I was like, oh, you can do... There's, like, more 3D stuff with Shockwave. I'm pretty sure Shockwave died several years ago. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, this was uh, essentially where mobile games kind of uh, got their start. You know, little, small uh, th- uh, toys to goof around with. And what's uh, become the mobile game uh, genre where, you know, this type of game is now, you know, on your mobile device, you know, your phone, your iPhone. Yeah. I had developed art assets for a small flash game for a school project. Cause I was in, what was that class called? Computer. Well, it was basically Photoshop class. Um, my brain is just failing me. Probably all the drugs I'm taking, but, um, my, this was in high school and my teacher would pair up the classes on like end of year projects or whatever. Um, And there was one class that was developing a game and I paired up with them and made the art assets for their flash game. Thank God they did not want anything complicated because I am not an artist. Obviously. But it was like, this was in like the mid to late 2000s, like 2007, 2008. So it was like a stick fighter kind of game. I'm like, I can do stick fighter. I can do that. So it was fun. Anyways, I digress. That just made me think of that, talking about Flash games. Yeah, I never was on the production side of things. I enjoyed them. Uh, It's just, uh, it is sad to see that uh, it's single player only. So the games that required a server, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, like the multiplayer pool that Yahoo used to have. Oh, I spent so much time on that. <laughs> One of the only things Yahoo was ever good for. Yeah, pretty much, actually. I guess mail before that fall, fell apart. Yeah. And then Yahoo Answers, but only for the comedy gold. Yeah. Memes before uh, they were memes, huh? Yeah. The thing that fascinates me the most is that there's all these games, and it's only 241 gigabytes. To me, it's a testament for how... I mean, there are plenty of shitty Flash games, don't get me wrong, but there were a lot of really good ones, too. And it kind of reminds me of of programming games for really old PCs or consoles. It's like how you had to use lots of coding tricks and things to get a complex game into such a tiny amount of space. Well, we also don't know what type of uh, uh, system or what type of archiving system they have, so it could just be uh, very highly compressed as well. That's very true, but still. Or, or whatever processor you're using to convert them to be able to p- still play. Yeah. Whatever it is, though, 38,000 or 40,000 games. Well, you also or... have to remember uh, the heyday of Flash was late 90s, early 2000s. And speeds were not that great. So, yeah, these games had to be pretty tiny. Yeah. I just think it's very cool. Whatever the process, I, you know, I don't care what the process is. Getting that many games into 241 gigabytes feels really good. 
Because 241 gigabytes might not even be a game today, depending on yeah, you know what how they how they do it. So it was a simpler time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. So yeah, if you, dear listener, want some flash games, this is a good way to get as close to all of them as you can. I'm probably gonna get it. Actually, I'm definitely gonna get it and just like stick it on my one of my external hard drives, back it up somewhere. Just to have, play around with it. See if I can find some of the old games that I used to play and because I played mostly single player stuff. I didn't really play with very many people on so the average, just for the hell of it, and because you know Google is able to do that, uh is six point three megabytes. It's very small. Yeah, but think about it. That was still more than a floppy disk. That is true. That would be like two floppy disks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious about it. Yeah, what was the average? And this is, yeah, very rough because, uh, yeah, it says 38 council, which is a nice round number, isn't it? Yeah. Not quite as nice and round as like 40,000. Or thirty-five thousand. There's something about those fives that feel good, but thirty-eight thousand is still better. Uh, it's like. because of the base ten system. Very true. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, thirty-eight thousand is still better than thirty-seven thousand nine hundred and sixty-three. Although there's a part of my brain that likes the randomness of that number too. Yeah. Anyways, um, our final news topic of the night. Yeah, speaking of the randomness of our brains. Kentucky schools ban Fortnite esports. Quote, there's no place for shooter games in our schools. <laughs> I mean, Kentucky is just down the road uh, from me, and they're as much into uh, guns and uh, Trump and God as as most Tennesseans are. So, yeah, but not as much as West Virginia. There's, um, you know, there's definitely more violence in those schools and in their neighbors or neighborhoods and communities than there are in Fortnite or League of Legends, which is another game that's mentioned in this little article that they had an <laughs> issue with last year. Okay, crazy idea. How about we give the kids something to do? Maybe, I don't know, an esports league. Maybe with a game that's cool. And let them yeah. do that instead of, yo know, going off and causing trouble. Yo, it or might doing keep, meth. It, it might keep them off my fucking lawn. <laughs> I mean, this is just idiotic. Saying Fortnite is a bad influence is like saying Nerf is a bad influence. Uh, because they're about as detached from actual guns and uh, uh, as one another can be while still you know, shooting. It's just... Right? Yeah. So Kentucky's not on the top 10 for math, but it is in the top half. Um, I'm looking for a a more up-to-date list because this list is from a few years ago. But, I mean, I just said math. Uh, Well, uh, Fortnite keeps the kids away from Jeebus. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of data that shows that video games... Uh, particularly in either poor communities, which Kentucky is a poor state, or um, 
areas with like high camp crime rates, which oftentimes are correlated to uh, low income areas. But I mean, video games in those areas tends to show a decrease in, you know, violent and illegal activities, regardless of what game is being played, because it gives people, in this case, kids, something to do. Yeah, let's be honest. There's dick all to do in Kentucky. Unless you're going to church. Or to play with guns. Or do meth. Yeah. What is in Kentucky? There's got to be something in Kentucky. Moscow Mitch. I made like a real, I made a frowny face. If you listen to us and you live in Kentucky. We're sorry that you're in Kentucky. <laughs> the 15 best things to do in Kentucky. TripAdvisor. Uh, so how high is Beth? Well, this isn't, this is supposed to be a list. No, now you're just showing me where I can go horseback riding. There's a lot of horseback ridings riding things on here. Uh, Fort Knox is in Kentucky. That's true. They put it there because there's nothing else going on. Exactly. Plus, it's not like they're going to give you a free sample or anything. All right. So the the 25 best things to do in Kentucky. Number one, visit the Fort Knox Museum, which sounds cool to me, but I'm a boring nerd. If that's the best thing your state has to offer for tourism, maybe... I mean, sheesh. uh, Even uh, my state has something better. Bridge Day. (laughs) Number two, the Louisville or Louisville Mega Cavern. So, cave diving. The Louisville Slugger Museum and Factory. The Kentucky Derby Museum. Oh, yeah, the Kentucky Derby. I forgot about that. Something called the Shaker Village of Pleasant Hill. It's a, that doesn't sound very pleasant. It's a preserved landmark. Uh, Shaker Preserved Shaker religious community site that was active for over a century until 1910. Uh, number six, the Newport Aquarium. Number seven, the National Corvette Museum. Okay, that sounds really cool. I like cars. Uh, number eight, a horse farm. It's got a name, but it's a horse farm. Number nine. What, what, what do they plant horses there? <laughs> yes. Number nine, a historic house museum, the Conrad Caldwell House. Number 10, Mammoth Cave Adventures, Mary Todd Lincoln House, the Creation Museum. All right. Creation Museum is. Oh, cool. I forgot about There's that. There's one here in Chattanooga, a Creation Museum, but that's number 12 on your list of best things to do. Uh, that's the Ark, isn't it? Huh? The Creation Museum in uh, Kentucky, where they built the fucking Ark. I didn't know they did that. You do realize Creation... Oh! Uh, uh, what they mean by Creation Museum, right? Uh, then the Creation Museum we have in Chattanooga is not affiliated with these people, because it's all science there. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm thinking the, the, of the Discovery Museum. Yeah. My bad. I was, I was about to say, uh, Jared, you do realize what a creation museum is, right? Nope. I was thinking of the Discovery Museum in Chattanooga. Never mind. Yep. Here it is. Takes visitors through some amazing and exciting exhibits on biblical. Well, this recontextualizes this whole thing in my brain. I was about to say, um, Jared, but girl, we need to talk. Girl, girl. 
I don't. I, even, I, mean, I, I mean, they have a. I believe this is the one that has the Velociraptor. Uh, that's on the Ark. Wow, the kids will love exploring the many dinosaurs and dragons that can be found at the museum, as well as digging for their own dinosaur bones and touching a real dinosaur fossil. That poor dinosaur. Okay, number six, 16. Yeah, number 16 on the list. I'm skipping a few. The National Quilt Museum. This just looks like a dilapidated factory building, the picture that's on here. I, that's really sad. Yeah, if you're in Kentucky, we're sorry that you're there. Please oh, get looks, out while you still can. That looks cool. The University of Kentucky Arboretum. That's number 19. Some more houses. Another botanical garden. More houses. Oh, the Abraham Lincoln Birthplace National Historical Site. Now, see, that sounds interesting to me. But that's number 25 on your list. Like, Yeah, it's how many places behind the Creation Museum? Uh, Nine. The Creation Museum is number 16. No, the Quilt Museum is 16. Creation Museum was 12, so it's 13 places behind. Yeah, I'm going to say Lincoln is above the Creation Museum. Now I want to yeah, go to the Discovery Museum. Yeah, if memory serves correctly, also their ark was damaged by flooding at one point. <laughs> nice. Oh no. I just closed because I'd open this in a new tab and I closed it and it's like people also search for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, giving turtles a bad name. Indeed. So yeah, Kentucky schools are dumb. Yeah. Or the people that decided this should be a rule, at least. Uh, I mean, I honestly think that they're uh, just, uh, they don't understand the video games. Oh, they definitely don't. And they uh, just see it as the, you know, uh, the new version of rock and roll. And it, and it scares and uh, intimidates them. Yeah. 100% agree on that one. 100. Much like uh, the halftime show made them feel stirring because it was a person of color. Mm-hmm. And they felt shame, so they went on Twitter and started being racist. Which, to be honest, it doesn't take much to get that sort of person to go on Twitter and be racist. True. Yeah. So uh, that's that's all of our stuff for this week. Yeah. If you've made it this far, we're both sorry. Thank you. And yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> this is when we're both sick and high on drugs. And just loopy because I'm sick in general. For me, it's mostly drugs. I mean, it's it's always drugs for me. Let's be fair. Um, Rage. Hit them with those socials. Yeah, because we're not doing the discovery queue. So I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on YouTube maybe someday again. Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter. Gaming with CR. And if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can find me over there. Caffeine Rage as well. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on YouTube by searching for Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707. Or you can be friends with me on Steam, JRthur4707. And if you're alone, know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from. The password for this week is mucus. Because we're mucus. more mucus than men. 
it is the mucus that binds us. <laughs> Not changing the name of the show. More mucus than men. <laughs> well, but you've used that uh, a few times this past few days, so I have, but it just it slipped my brain. Like many things right now. Indeed. So, uh, if you wish to uh, reach us, you can do so via podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or just tweet them to us at VGL Podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons are to blame for this absolute madness. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast. And one last uh, hacking cough before... Uh, our Podbean account, uh, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, links to all our stuff, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work over at computech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my horrible voice, goodbye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.